Welcome to Rent Free. My name's Liv, and in this podcast, I'll be exploring many of life's struggles living on our minds rent free. I aim to get those draining thoughts and emotions that go unaddressed evicted and replace them with more positive tenants that can encourage us to become the best versions of ourselves. This is a mashup of a casual weekly coffee date and my version of a TED talk. So get comfy, let's chat, and hopefully I can give you something to think about. Living with an eating disorder takes extraordinary fortitude. And when that energy can be circumvented in a different way, incredible things happen. This is a quote by Anna Sweeney that I found online. And I think it gives a little bit of insight as to what I'm going to be talking about today. My eating disorder. And I'm going to rename it as my journey because it's been... It was a very dark and difficult time in my life, but I've learned so much from it to get to the point where I am today. So I don't want to have a negative spin on it. So it's my journey and I'm splitting it up into two so that you don't have to sit through a 50 minute hour long podcast episode of me rambling on about my history. Um, You can do that in two breaths. So you can just take a breath in between the two. And um, I know it's a very deep topic to start off with. But my intention or my reasoning behind that is so that for this coming season, which is all about health, body and fitness and has been a huge part of my life for a very long time, I want everyone to understand where I'm coming from, what my frame of reference is and why I've reached the the points that I'm at now. Where do I get all of my advice and my tips and all the fun things from? So a lot of it stems from the things I've learned through my eating disorder. And the second reason is it's such a taboo thing. It's really not very easy to talk about these things because there's not really much of a space for it. It's a lot easier to talk about it now because I'm a lot healthier. But when you're going through it, people kind of view you as an alien in a way. And I definitely felt like like an alien. And to some extent, you do it to yourself. You isolate yourself through an eating disorder, but other people do as well. So what I'm trying to do is just open the door for some conversation to create a space for it so that maybe through sharing my story, it'll give people a better understanding of what people with an eating disorder are going through mentally. Um, whether you've gone through one or are going through one or know someone who is going through it, Maybe it'll just give a little bit of a space of understanding so that you can maybe approach someone going through an eating disorder in a different way, or you can even learn some things from it yourself. In all honesty, I'm feeling really anxious and nervous talking about this because this is the first time that I'm actually talking about my story from beginning to end. So it's a milestone. It's a milestone for me. And I don't think the journey ever really ends, but... Yeah, without wasting more time, let's start right at the beginning. As you could probably tell from my little video in the first episode, I was a very confident, gregarious, outgoing girl, and I just enjoyed life. I enjoyed my Astros. I enjoyed my pizza, my chocolate ice cream, my sour worms, the Woolies jelly rings on the occasional Friday treat day when my mom would still pack my lunch. As a young girl should, I was super happy, not, no, really, no really bad relationship with food or my body in general. 
and I was at a private all-girls school. And when I turned about 10, you know, girls start to go through puberty and they start developing boobies and they start becoming aware of their bodies and stuff. So that's where I started realizing that I was Granted, I was taller than most of the girls around me. I was always at the back of the line when we had to line up from shortest to tallest and I felt like such a G. Um, But I was a bit bigger, not in an unhealthy way whatsoever. But I started to become a little bit aware of it. And the girls around me would start making comments like, oh, but I can't lend you my clothes because you're too big. So things like that. And when I turned 11, let's call a spade a spade, I got bullied at that school that I was at. And up until that point also, something that I remembered, just sort of thinking to flashbacks, my dad would make comments of other women's bodies, obviously much older, and he would jokingly kind of grab my tummy fat and stuff like that and say say things. And obviously it's a joke and he didn't really mean anything harmful by it, but subconsciously as a young kid you're like a sponge so I absorbed it to be fair I probably should have taken it with a grain of salt no offense to my dad but he told me that if you eat carbs cold so like you cook it and then you let it get cold it doesn't count as as a carb and it does nothing to your body so I probably should have known better but you're young so sponge sponge I was and I started to get very unhappy So I asked my dad to give me some exercises to start doing to take care of myself better. And I obviously became more aware of just limiting the amount of sweeties and stuff that I that I ate. The most obvious, like unhealthy foods, if I can put it like that. And I remember the first time that I looked in the mirror and I criticized my body harshly was in December of that year. We were on holiday and I put on a new bikini that my mom got and I just burst into tears. And I just looked at myself and I was like, I am so fat. I am terrible. I look terrible. And I approached my mom crying about it. And I could tell that she felt hopeless to some extent. But I was also so young, which was so crazy at that age to be feeling that way. And so in the following year, I moved schools to a public co-ed school and things started looking up because I was so much happier there. In the first few months of this new year, I woke up at like 5 a.m. before school, three days of the week to do these exercises for 30 to 45 minutes on top of doing sport and stuff like that. Um, But as I was happy in my environment, I kind of gave up on the exercise and I enjoyed my life. I never really gave up or focused too much on the food at that stage. I mean, I enjoyed my go slows at break. If you know go slows, then you're an OG. Um, Those were the best fruit chutney and salt and vinegar. Mm. I, I enjoyed life. And had that school had a high school, maybe my journey would have gone a lot differently. Because it was girls and boys, everyone is kind of integrated. There were so many people from so many different backgrounds that it was just focused on building, like becoming a good person. And it was so, I was so happy there. I really loved my time there. So I forgot a bit about all of the food and exercise and life carried on as normal. But then for my high school year, going into high school, I had to go to a new school and I went to the high school that most of the girls um, at my, where I was at at the time went to. 
And everyone then kind of went their separate ways. And it was a public all-girls school. All girls, I should have known. (laughs) But I started my year there and it was an adjustment, to say the least. I tried to make friends. I knew a couple people from my primary school that joined. But everyone started forming cliques pretty quickly. And as soon as girls found out that I was strong academically, I could sing, I was good at netball, it was like competition 101. And it wasn't just against me. I'm not saying like, oh, everyone was so jealous of me. They just wanted to be me. No, that's not the case. I just think the environment at that school was super competitive and it did not breed for a welcoming just be yourself, comfortable type of environment. And I did start off that year playing sports there, trying to make friends. I put in so much effort, but I was hurtful. I was like, no one's really taking the bait. I am just going to get through this year. I'm going to work and I'm just going to get this done. I did have two friends, two very close friends at the time. Um, But also because there were no boys around, and I mean, you're just going through puberty, you're aware of boys now. And I just came from two years of having really good guy friends and no guys were approaching me. I felt so isolated and I was like, what's wrong with me? I have no girlfriends, no guys are interested. It must be my weight, it must be my body. So that was the first thing I was like, I need to change this. At the same time, my dad and I had a very difficult relationship in those few years. So the uncertainty of how he was going to act and how things were going to play out in terms of our relationship was also hard. My parents got divorced very young when I was two. So I was living with my mom and then visiting my dad on weekends most of the time. But in that year, we we weren't seeing each other or speaking very often. And my mom also got a boyfriend a couple years earlier. And I internalized that as my best friend is being taken away from me because my mom and I have always been very, very close. So I took that personally. And when you're young, I mean, you are selfish. You can't see your mom is super happy and she's loving life. So you just think it's me. Yeah, she just doesn't want to see me. So those things were going on in my brain subconsciously as well. And so I was like, okay, now I'm going to channel my energy into my academics and focusing on my body and my health. Because I knew nothing about nutrition, I just Googled healthy meal plan and I just followed it with no idea what I was putting into my body. I just followed it like that. And I asked my mom if her and I could join the gym. And I dropped all sports at that school because I didn't feel proud in the school to be able to represent it because I wasn't happy there. And so that whole journey began. Um, And towards the end of that year, I realized I'm not losing any weight because I was eating healthier stuff, but I was eating a lot and I was eating a lot of like healthier stuff, like a lot of peanut butter and stuff, but I didn't know that eating a lot of it is kind of adds up to the same amount as a pizza or whatever, you know what I mean? And, um, I don't know if my exercise was right. I was just doing a lot of cardio, a little bit of strength training, and that was that. And then I stumbled upon V-Shred. Big warning lights, big red signs. Do not go there, please, 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 please. Because they made me aware of calories and that was the beginning of the almost end. And when I saw this program, I was like, oh my gosh, this is my answer. I was so unhappy in my body. I went to my mom desperate crying and she was also in a similar position growing up. She struggled with her body image. So I think she was also desperate for me and she wanted the best for me. So she agreed to it. 
So we bought this program and I then became aware of the concept that the fewer calories you eat, the more weight you lose. So I was like, okay, let's go balls to the walls and eat 600 calories a day on average. And just for an idea, for a woman to maintain her, average, her weight on average, they should eat 2000 calories a day. So I was just eating above a quarter of that. And I was doing the exercises that they showed me and they were like, if you do cardio, you lose weight. So I was doing cardio and I was eating such few calories and I lost eight kilograms in two months. Came Christmas day of that year, I was obsessed. I was not eating with family. I was isolating myself and I went to my mom and I was like, I have a problem. I need help. The following year began and I then moved schools once again <laughs> to a private Catholic co-ed school and I thought that the integration of girls and boys would be a lot easier on me. I saw a nutritionist, she didn't, she didn't quite work for us, um, for us I mean my mom and I. Um, I saw a therapist, she didn't work for me and I then found a dietitian and a new therapist and they both started working for me so I started seeing them while I was now at this new school. The school year started off great. I was a new kid, the shiny new toy. So everyone wanted to get to know me and I was loving the attention. And I got a new boyfriend, if you can call it that. I don't even know if it's like, if it counts at that age. Um, I was 14 turning 15. So things were great, but I was still underweight and I was still obsessing about my food a lot. Going to the dietitian scared me because I stopped trusting my mom to make food for me. So I was making food for myself for a couple of months at that point. But she said, no, your mom has to prepare all of your meals. And my mom and I would fight about this. And I was super scared about gaining weight. That was my biggest fear. And I was following this meal plan. And I remember bringing that same rye bread, sliced chicken breast, mayo, chick something <laughs> sandwich to school every day and people would be like, why do you eat the same sandwich for lunch every day? And I'd just be like, oh, it's just my favorite one. I lied. <laughs> it was a meal plan, guys. I just was too scared to tell you that I was the weird kid going through the eating disorder. I didn't want to tell anyone, obviously, because you're the new girl. You don't want to be labeled as that. But just by the fact that I was eating weirdly was already turning some heads, not in a good way. It was, it was a bit strange. I started opening up to my therapist and we discovered the root of my problem comes from a space of control. So feeling out of control about my relationship with my dad, my relationship with my mom and the schools and academics and not really fitting into any clique because I've never been the type of person to fit into groupy things. I'm more friendly with everyone, but high school doesn't allow for that. So I felt very isolated. Um, but to be fair, I did that to myself because when you're going through an eating disorder, you exclude yourself from going to any social get togethers because you worry so much about what you're going to eat there and what people are going to think and what people are going to say. So you just end up not going. So that was also my fault to, to quite a large extent. But at the beginning of the year, um, things were still good. I started seeing the therapist. We were talking about it, opening up, following the meal plan and I was happy at school, so things were fine. Um, I guess I was also scared for my life because my dad threatened to send me to a clinic and I was just worried what everyone would say if I were to miss school for a month because I went to a clinic. So that was my biggest concern and I did not want to be that girl. So that was kind of what was keeping me going. 
And I remember opening up to my little guy friend at the time and I told him I was going through anorexia and he was like, um, I'm going to go play Fortnite now. <laughs> no, he didn't react like that, but like he didn't know how to handle it. So shame, poor guy. Um, but yeah, needless to say, we broke up quite, quite soon after that. And everyone lost the hype in me and I wasn't putting an effort to the social things. So I didn't really have a group of close friends. I had a couple of close friends here and there and I was friendly with everyone, but I just didn't have my group and I felt extremely lonely. So once again, I reverted to food to try and make things right for myself. So after things started looking up, they went down a bit again and I hated going to the dietitian. I would chug like a liter of water before sessions before she weighed me to show that I hadn't lost weight even though I probably had and um, it felt like food was being shoved down my throat and it was so hard because it was like battling that voice I call it the cloud that comes over that, that comes over me when I'm in that headspace that was like no you need to be skinny um, and then the voice that was like you need to be healthy, like this is not you. So it was constantly an internal battle for me. And my mom and I then went to Vietnam in the middle of that year in Malaysia. And that was the first um, allergic reaction breakout that I had. So I ate wheat, we had like a buffet breakfast. And then we did like a, a quick workout and I had a breakout, my eyes started swelling up. Um, and so I decided not to exercise for the rest of that holiday, by the way, my mom and I had a fantastic time, but the food thing was huge for me every day. I would sit and be like, Oh my gosh, what am I eating? What is in this? How many calories are in this? Is this fine? I need to do some workouts to make up for this. And my mom had to sit through that. So it kudos to her because it's, it, it is exhausting. Um, so that was, that was really tough for me mentally. And I developed a parasite in my stomach. So I was also sick. So I lost more weight and um, things started going downhill from, from there. I also started dating another guy <laughs> and I put him, he was also I, like, cause he was in boarding school. So when I saw him, it was also, I would bring all my food with me. And it was probably also weird for him to deal with because he was also super young. So you know, probably not the best idea on my part, but you're still a teenager. You still want to kind of be normal in that situation. Um, but anyways, so I also then realized that therapy was not working for me because yes, we identified why I revert to food to control things, but I didn't really ever get the tools to come out of it. And it just became a perpetuation of talking about my daily issues and stuff like that. I also went to a psychiatrist to see if I needed any medication to which I'm very glad he said that it's not necessary and I can overcome the thing on my own. I'm super grateful about that, um, to be honest, because I've always been scared of going the medication route. Um, so it, was, it wasn't looking too great. I was struggling friends-wise. And towards the end of that year, I once again was very skinny and I lost weight again because we went away for that holiday. Um, and the cloud was super loud super, super fluffy and big over my head. 
I remember I'd go out with family and they'd order all this lovely food and I would just order a salad with nothing on it but just the leaves and I would not speak to anyone because it's like you feel so sorry for yourself but at the same time you're doing it to yourself and um, I didn't even mention the effect it had on my health. I was sick all the time. I was badly anemic. I was tired all the time. I My nails were brittle. My hair was falling out. My skin was super oily so it was breaking out. Um, I lost my period, which was probably the, the biggest thing for me. And I went on birth control to try and bring that back. Um, but the birth control, I went on five different ones. And that's another episode story. And none of them worked for me. It just ended up messing me up more. Um, so it was, it, was not, it was not looking too good. And I had another allergic reaction. And it turned out that I got exercise-induced anaphylaxis. Yeah, another mouthful. And that means that when you eat wheat and then get your heart rate above a certain level, then you have an allergic reaction. So that was also something that I developed through my eating disorder that I no longer have now that I'm at a healthy weight. But that just shows me, you know, the effect that that you have on your body by doing that. Um, And the scariest thing when you're in that state, no matter how much people cry, like my mom would cry, like, why are you doing this to yourself? You don't care. It's just the obsession is there. You just want to stay as skinny as possible. I remember when I was still at that Catholic school, I, we would go to mass and I'd sit, we'd sit on these wooden benches and my sit bones would dig into that bench. And I would just think to myself, yes, it's so bad. It's terrible to think about the things that you do. And I was just doing cardio every day, like intense cardio, not sitting with friends at break just to get my steps in. It's, It's quite ridiculous. So things weren't looking up until my mom spoke to an old friend of hers who suggested that I take a different approach and then referred me to a life coach and her name is Julia. I then started seeing her at the beginning of 2020 and that was before COVID and let me tell you, she was the spark that began my whole recovery. Along with her, my friends, my family, I, I don't know how I would have gotten through it the way that I did. And the first time I saw her, she asked me to bring this big piece of fabric, so big enough for you to lie on. And she asked me to lie in the position when that cloud came over on me. How, do I, how does that manifest if I were to do it in a physical bodily expression? And I lay in a fetal position on my left side. And she traced my body with a crayon and she made me write all of the feelings that I was feeling in that state. And that was anger, disappointment, obsession, frustration, sadness, depression, anxiety, all of those things. And we wrote it on there and my mom was also in the session. And the three of us just stood at that and I just started crying and I was like, this is how I've been living my life every single day. And it could not be further from who I really am. And so... On the flip side, she then made us turn it over and then lie in the position that I feel most powerful and empowered in. So I lay on my back with my arms out and my legs out and she traced my body and she made me write all of the positive things I wanted to feel when we were done working together. So I wrote confident, happy, excited, bubbly, outgoing, all of the, all of the positive things. And I stood back and I looked at it and that was the day I made the commitment to myself that I am going to heal 
And I never want to be the girl on the other side of this fabric ever again. Okay, well done on getting through the beginning of my story. You guys are going to have to wait until next week to hear what I'd like to call the middle and to infinity and beyond. I actually don't call it that. I just made it up on the spot. <laughs> You'll hear how I had a lot of setbacks in my journey to recovery and it's been a process. It's been a lot, but it's so worth it at the end of the day. Please remember to interact with me through the Instagram page, share your stories, comments, feedback. I would love to hear it and please share with friends if you enjoyed. I really appreciate the support, especially through such a big step like this in my life. So yeah, but that's me and until next time.